0: Welcome to this week's backup plan. My name is Meredith, and I expected this week to be another recap with Michael, but current events happened, and I think maybe we should just devote a little bit of time to talking through that because, man, it's a weird time to be an IVF patient. Before I get to talking about those things, I just want to go over a couple of timeline issues where we're at right now, so... Since Michael has gone home, he's gotten the results from his testing that he did last week. So if you listened to last week's episode, you would know that Michael was here. He froze sperm for the IVF, and it is just sitting in a freezer waiting. It got tested beforehand. His blood got tested. His urine got analyzed. Everything's good. Everything's great. Everything looks wonderful. So I was really excited about that. I will say last week, my hormones were wild. Like I was just at the end of my period while he was here. And I had all this like crazy hormonal acne happening. If you go on YouTube and watch last week's episode, like I had this enormous, like it looked like a mole on my chin. It was a zit that was so big and that's all finally calmed down. But like my boobs were really tender. My mood was kind of wild. Like a lot of different things were happening. I feel like my body knows that something is coming and it's just doing its own little hormonal freakout, which is so sweet. We love that for her. Yeah, so it was, it was a wild week to be running around town and doing all these doctor's appointments and then also like clutching my chest because <laughs> it just hurts so much all of the time. So I really felt like I was in a hormonal place. Um, what else is new in my life? I just got this new couch that I'm sitting on which I'm very excited about. (laughs) I was like, I wanna record this on my new couch. And uh, if you're watching the video, you can see this little cat butt over here. He really likes this spot where he can watch me come through the hallway. He's back there. He's just truly lounging, the little king that he is. Now, I would have been starting IVF this week. Egg retrieval would have started this week. Pretty sure I'm ovulating. I haven't done a test or anything because it doesn't really matter right now. Instead, as you guys all know at this point, I'm going in for foot surgery. That's on Friday. I could not be more excited about it. Like, <laughs> I don't think people are often excited about surgery, but I sure as hell am. And, you know, they're prepping me for it and they're like, it's going to be numb. You're going to lose feeling there. And the cat is playing with the fake plant I have in the corner. He's hungry. This is my mistake for recording at his feeding time. I love this boy. Ow. So the doctor told me, I'm going to lose feeling in that foot. It's going to be numb. And I was like, You're saying that like it's a bad thing. My foot hurts so bad all the time. To lose feeling in it is going to be an absolute fucking blessing. And to not feel that bump, like I'll put the picture on screen again if you're watching on video, you can see where the pain has been. Um, it's like, I keep stepping on a toe. It's as big as a toe bone. This like inflamed nerve. So it's a gross, get it out of here. It's going to be gone Friday at, um, probably about 6 AM is when it's going to be excised out of my foot. So if you want to pour one out for me at that moment, well, not for me, pour one out for the nerve. We'll not miss her, but man, she let her presence be known. So these are all my notes, things I have to talk about uh, regarding IVF. Um, I am one month out. And because I was going to start this week, I actually got a whole bunch of stuff in the mail. So the way that Kind Body assists you through the process, you work with an app called Pixel. And I guess that's going to help me keep my meds timed appropriately. And there is a pharmacy that I'll work with called Shrafts. Uh, they sent me a text message with a link to do some starter paperwork and everything. And uh, if anybody from KindBody is listening, actually, the Schraft system was, they sent me a text message and I was just busy doing a million other things last week, all those doctor's appointments. So I, it got lost and I was like, did I get that via email? Did I get it via text? And eventually I found it, uh, but I was searching like Shift's pharmacy, Shafts pharmacy. Like I couldn't remember exactly what it was, and, and I got a little lost on that. but, you know, thank God for search functions, I ended up finding it all by myself. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, that's where we're at this week. Now, speaking of IVF, let's talk about extrauterine children, as Alabama calls them. This is weird because I wasn't going to do IVF, right? I was I was pretty much like against IVF, right? I was like it's playing God, I don't want to do it. And then you know, I was talking to somebody about, you know, the term playing God and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be whatever. And you know, I could say if it's meant to be, it's meant to be about like literally everything. I could say, you know what? If I'm meant to be a millionaire, it'll happen. I don't have to get off this couch. You could say if it's meant to be, it's meant to be about like getting dressed in the morning, right? Like you could blindfold yourself and say, I'm going to pick this t-shirt and this pair of pants and maybe they'll go together. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be like, this is, I'm still, I'm an active participant in my life, right? And I'm actively making choices and I have come to terms with what IVF is and means to me. And I haven't started it yet. So I can't say how I'm going to feel when I find out I have X number of embryos. I have a feeling I'm going to be pretty attached to them. But phraseology that I found online that I really clung to, it was something that Kind Body actually reposted from another reproductive center, I think, in New England, was that embryos are not children, they're chances at children. And... I think what I've kind of been wrapping my head around this week is that they're like little pixie spirits, right? Like they are a chance. They're a possibility. They're not children, but they're still special. And for those of you that don't know this all came about because of a wrongful death suit. I think it was two different wrongful death suits. And I think it was three different couples that this happened to in Alabama. I had a hard time finding like the beginning of the case. Cause when you look it up now, it's just everybody's reaction to what the Alabama Supreme court had to say about, you know, what their, their edict was coming down on this. So from what I understand, uh, there was a, a kerfuffle in the lab and that is, <laughs> that's, Not the right words, rather diminutive, but somebody dropped a tray and it had embryos on it, uh, I guess for these three couples and they filed a wrongful death suit and it's difficult because the, what I have gone through up until this point has been a lot. What I'm about to go through in a month is a lot, even the extra curricular things around everything that I'm doing in preparation of like, let me go get this thing excised out of my foot. Let me start watching what I'm eating. Let me stop drinking. Let me start taking these supplements. Let me order a new couch because the couch I had before, trust me, is like, that's a college couch and I'm almost 40. Like I needed like a grown-up couch. Just different ways that as I'm planning my life, I'm, I'm planning it around this thing. Thing that's going to happen. And I cannot imagine how I would feel if I got to a point where I had embryos created and ready to go and a stupid mistake threw it all down the toilet. I would be really mad. And I think that those couples, people, I don't even know if it's couples, maybe it's somebody like me, you know, who's um, doing it on their own. I would be horrified <laughs> if I lost that because you don't know what the chance was going to be that that was going to be your baby. And I mean, you could say what's meant to be is meant to be. And that wasn't meant to be. But the way that I've had to prep, hey, new sofa and the cats are scratching it. It's only been here a couple hours. I th- I think that the people who lost those embryos are due some sort of compensation. Like, I think they're due something. I don't begrudge them for having taken that road to seek some kind of compensation. And that's me not knowing the basis of the whole thing, right? Like, I don't know if the... Perhaps the reproductive center did offer them that. I don't know. Maybe some right-wing nut job was like, this is the way to really get into the reproductive rights bullshit that they're like looking to topple. I don't, I don't know. But what I can say as somebody who's in the middle of this thing, like if you lost embryos due to a mistake that was not yours, that you entrusted this clinic to handle, you do something, but not this. <laughs> this is a fucking mess. I've read a lot of different articles about it and you know, I, I posted on my Instagram channel. I said, like, if you have any thoughts or feelings, like, just let me know. And I got a couple responses. And it was all pretty much the same that, like, utterly disgusting and so, so sad. I've got a lot of feelings about it, a lot of anger. The right wants more babies by restricting who has babies. If embryo disposal is killing, then call me a murderer. This was a good one that I would be very interested in hearing his point of view. Mike Pence's three children are apparently via IVF. So where is he at? What's he thinking? I'm going to have to look that up. And somebody else wrote in and asked what happens to embryos if there is a divorce, who pays for them if someone passes away. That's all stuff that's handled in legal agreements that you do before you get into all of this. Like you really have to spell out. And with Kind Body, it was pretty simple. I have I've been pretty straightforward about my feelings on this, um, that if there are embryos that I'm not going to be able to use, then for me, it's a a scientific research thing. Um, When my dad was really sick with cancer, it was really important to him to go to see a doctor who did medical research so that at least his plight was used for something good. And that's kind of the same mindset I have here, where if there are embryos that I create that I'm not going to use... I would like it to kind of feed back into the system, this like learning loop where we can, you know, benefit in some way as a people moving forward. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But there have been, there have been fights over embryos. Uh, Sophia Vergara was a a big one where her husband tried to, her ex-husband tried to take control of them and that. So um, it's a really complicated thing and to boil it down to, oh, it's just a child and everybody's uh, chance of life, whatever. Like, it's, it doesn't work. That doesn't work. And I would have had, I think I would have had different thoughts about all of this if I wasn't going through it. I can't believe that as I'm deciding to do this is when it's all coming out like this. So I did read some really interesting articles that I will link below. Um, there was one in NPR and NPR is always like North star, right. Um, about how, first of all, the ruling could spread to other States. That's always a concern. I'm really glad I'm in California where it's kind of a given that there are medical rights for women, but there are right wingers that do try to sway politics one way or another. And, um, that scares me. I like, I want to be able to do what I'm about to do as quickly as I can. So it doesn't become an issue, but you just never know. Cause then what if I have embryos that are sitting in a freezer? This one article, uh, it said, so this was in NPR, um, woman named Mary Ziegler, who's a law professor at the university of California, Davis brought up that you may, that it could open up the possibility that you would have to implant every embryo that is created in the IVF cycle. So it says, normally extra frozen embryos that aren't transferred into a uterus are stored, donated for research, or destroyed. But Ziegler said it's still not clear if donation or destruction are still legal options under the Alabama ruling. If that's the case, she says providers in the state might feel the need to create only one embryo per IVF cycle. If you were not allowed to create more than one embryo per cycle, that's likely to make IVF even more financially out of reach for people who don't have insurance coverage and who struggle to pay that hefty price tag, right? So like when I uh, when I have my eggs harvested and retrieved, and we mix that with Michael's sperm, and we create like you want you want to try to create as many embryos as possible and then look at and see which embryos are the healthiest and the best. Um, to move forward with. You don't have to, you don't have to do that genetic testing. I'm choosing to do that genetic testing. But if I have eight eggs retrieved and only six become embryos, there might only be four of those or three of those that are viable. There's not an easy way to just be like, well, let's just create one embryo. Let's just get one egg and then put some sperm on it and see what happens, you know? So then I guess he would freeze the eggs But then eggs that are frozen, they don't always survive the thawing process and neither do embryos. So it's so complicated. And for these old men to just decide, oh yeah, this is how it's done. And they don't like, if you watch, there's a clip of Tommy Tuberville, who is from Alabama be like, he realizes mid like questioning, like somebody asks him a question about the um, IVF process. And it's so clear. He has no idea what he's talking about mid clip. Do you have a reaction to the Alabama Supreme Court ruling on the fact that embryos are children? Yeah, I was all for it. We need to have more kids. We need to have an opportunity to do that. And this, I thought this was the right thing to do. But IVF is used to have more children. And right now, IVF services are paused at some of the clinics in Alabama. Aren't you concerned that this could impact people who are trying to have kids? Well, that's for that's for another conversation. People need to have that. We need more kids. We need the people to to have the opportunity to have kids. Senator, what do you say to the women right now in Alabama who no longer have access to IVF who will not as a result of this woman? What do you say to them? Well, that's a hard one. It really is. It's really hard. Because, uh, again, you want people to have that opportunity. And and that's what I was telling her. We need more kids. feel the rage that I feel right now. Some other things that came up in the article... Um, was that uh, storing surplus frozen embryos out of state is an option, but then that will also raise costs significantly. My concern is like, where does this thought process stop? Because like I said, I'm going to genetically test the embryos to see which are the most viable to move forward with, which are the safest and healthiest to move forward with, because I want to have a happy, healthy child, a happy, healthy citizen that can pull his or her own weight in society and, you know, are smart and thoughtful and innovative and, you know, happy little Americans. Um, <laughs> with a ruling like this, I worry then it the kind of pressure that it's putting on the process. If I genetically test an embryo and it's not the best to move forward with, am I going to be forced to carry that? Am I going to like, probably not in California, but you just never know. Right. If something's wrong with it and I do decide to donate it to science, like, will I ever face any kind of repercussions because I chose not to have that one approach waste. Anyway, there is this other article in NBC news that, uh, they talked to two different cup. They talked to a couple and they talked to a woman. I don't know if the woman was having a child on her own, uh, but the couple, like they categorized themselves as traditional and they, it, from my reading of it, it was like, oh, uh, they're like conservative too, right? So they mentioned that they were worried about whether or not a woman would be forced to canary, forced to canary. They brought up that they were concerned that a woman may be forced to carry a genetically abnormal embryo. And then the woman that they talked to, uh, she's an attorney, um, and she's using a surrogate and she has chosen to have a boy because that's another thing you can choose sex when you do this genetic testing. And she said, we're picking a boy to transfer because these rules and laws that are coming out that are affecting women's health kind of scare me for a daughter. Yeah. Me too. Attorney from Birmingham. It's a lot. It's just a lot of pressure, even as somebody who like, I'm not. Really affected by this, but as somebody who's like in the process of doing all of this at this time by myself, it's really it's just really really hard because it's extra undue stress. It's extra. And that's the one thing that you're supposed to be like chill right now. You're supposed to be as zen as possible and like listening to your you know, manifestation uh, affirmations and whatnot and it just puts extra stress. And like I said, I'm not as affected by this as somebody who lives in Birmingham or lives in Mobile or Biloxi. Wait, Biloxi, Mobile, Alabama. Whatever city in Alabama, you know, I think those are all of Alabama. Biloxi, no, Biloxi, Mississippi, Mobile, Alabama. Okay. I feel so deeply for women who are in Alabama or are in other states where this could, at the drop of a hat, become a thing. It's scary. And there's no like silver lining to this right now. It just blows. And it, you know, it was funny because on last week's episode, I talked to Michael about, you know, the safety of kind body, how they have the door locked and how I said, that's really great to keep women safe. And he goes, but why It's women trying to have babies, it's not women having abortions there. And I was like, right, but it's like women's reproductive health, which is apparently a powder keg. You know, women's reproductive rights are difficult to deal with. If you can take away a woman's right to have children, you can take away to not have children, like it's just an infringement of medical rights. That was what my mom always told me, like growing up, being indoctrinated into the uh, liberal agenda. (laughs) My mom was like, the problem with an abortion. Politically, is if they tell you you have to have this baby, then they can just as easily tell you that you can't have a baby. As I said about the, um, you know, different countries where single women can't get sperm from uh, um, sperm donors because that's or against the rule. Couples in some countries can't. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it can be a tricky subject. Even if they don't mean to say it, like in this case, like they clearly didn't fully understand the ramifications that all of this causes. Oh, and you know what pisses me off too? Er, Is that when I listen now, you know, they said that a lot of journalists and stuff have come out and said that this was the concern with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And um, Donald Trump was like, oh, oh, I didn't mean for this to happen. Blah, blah, blah. Everybody should have joy of life. Babies, baby. And I'm like, fuck you, man. I don't want to go out there and have these procedures and go through this stuff. And like, I don't, I don't need Republican politicians like beating a drum for me about this. Um, it's my own body and I don't want to hear, I don't want it to be politicized. I just want to live my life and I want to have the right to live my life. And I guess I'm politicizing it just as much when I'm, you know, when I've got my pussy hat on and I'm walking down the streets of downtown LA fighting for women's rights. It's a politicizing of it too, but can't we all just live our fucking lives? <laughs> and I wish there was just better representation in our government or like just smart people, just like intelligent people who like listen to doctors about things. So, <laughs> that's so much to ask for. Education's cool, guys. Really cool. So, yeah, that's where I'm at this week. It's how I feel about things. I just keep reading stuff and getting disappointed. And fuck it, I should just stop. And I should just listen to those affirmations and just focus on this nurdle that's being taken out of my foot. It's a callback to episode four and a half. Um, Yeah, if you have something nice to say, send it my way. Otherwise, I've got some cool episodes coming up. I've got some folks that I'm booking. I don't know. I don't really have resolution on any of this. It just is what it is. And this is how I feel. And I just pray to my pagan gods that um, everybody who is seeking these procedures in states that are shaky get what they want and that it goes okay and that money and time and emotions aren't wasted so this is me signing off hopefully I'll be in better spirits next week or maybe I'll just record on painkillers and that could be fun for everybody right right (laughs) uh be sure to follow on social media send me your thoughts if you have any And if you want to come on and talk about what you're going through uh, in the process, if you are in one of those shaky states, or if you're not, if you've been through it and just have thoughts, um, this is an open community for the most part. If you're going to come on and argue for this, I don't have time for that. But uh, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to lay down on my comfy couch. I'm going to go feed my cat because... He's losing his mind. So, thank you for listening. I'll see you guys next week and stay safe, and stay sane. The Backup Plan is created, produced, and hosted by me, Meredith Kate. Julian Hagens is my co producer. You can find us on social media at Backup Plan Pod. The best place to get updates is to sign up for our newsletter at BackupPlanPod.com, where we also post all episodes, show notes, and transcripts. Thank you for listening.